Welcome to the Bulgarian History Podcast, Episode 58, War in the House of Osman. First, I'd like to thank newest Patreon supporters, Michael Kreutzer, Sylvia, and Mark Liederman. Big thanks to the three of you for your support. So last time, we left off with the Ottomans' devastating loss at the Battle of Ankara to the master of Central Asia, Timur. The result was Bayezid's capture and the beginning of a civil war amongst his children. In the meantime, Bosnia was slowly being taken over by Hungary and the Ottomans as it lost its central authority, and Stefan Lazarevich was attempting to reassert a sort of Serbian independence by abandoning his vassal ties to the Ottomans and instead allying himself with the recently deposed Sigismund of Hungary, desperate for allies himself. Now, it's time to see how the civil war plays out within the Ottoman Empire. But first, I want to briefly catch up with the Hungarians. Now, you remember that Sigismund was briefly imprisoned in 1401, but has since regained his throne. Well, as evidenced by his desperate search for allies in Austria and Serbia, Sigismund still just wasn't secure on his throne. In 1403, his rival, Ladislas, landed in Zadar, in modern Croatia, intent on taking the Hungarian throne, which had once belonged to his father. However, Ladislas ended up too hesitant and ultimately returned to Italy after securing a few oaths of loyalty from supporters instead of actually, you know, marching on Buda and taking the throne. Still, Ladislas may have angered his supporters and looked really pretty stupid in the process for going through all the trouble of making a landing and then just going home, but he still technically had not given up his claims to the throne. But with his hesitancy and new allies, Sigismund was feeling far more confident uh, and not really as concerned about Ladislas, and so Sigismund invaded Bosnia in 1404. Although he was prevented from advancing too far into the tough terrain by the resistance of Bosnian nobles, Sigismund did succeed in annexing some territories. Now, these kinds of incursions and annexations by Hungary are going to happen every year for the next several years, and playing into the phenomenon of Bosnian weakness that I mentioned in the last episode. Now that same year, 1404, as the Ottoman Civil War was just getting underway, other events were also playing out in response to the new inward focus of the Ottomans. Remember the destruction of the Second Bulgarian Empire? Well, in the aftermath of it, the remaining members of its ruling dynasty were either killed, converted to Islam, joining the Ottomans, or they fled. Two men who took that latter course were the son of Ivan Shishman, Fruzhin, and the son of Ivan Stratsimir, Constantine II. Now remember, arguably Constantine II was the last Tsar of the Second Bulgarian Empire. Now these boys were cousins, and both saw the chance to create a new Bulgarian Empire at this moment, much in the way that their ancestors, the Asan brothers, had. Thus, 
Sometime around 1404, though possibly as late as 1408, we don't have any really reliable sources as to the details, an invasion aimed at prompting an uprising in Bulgaria began. Now, there were two directions. The first saw a crossing of the eastern Danube by Constantine II and Mircea of Wallachia to invade Ottoman Dobruja. The second came with Frusian along with Hungarian and Serbian allies who made a strike towards Vidin. Now, there are two possible versions of what happened next. In the first, the uprisings were initially very successful. The local Bulgarian population rose up and joined the liberating armies. However, within months, Suleiman, the son of Bayezid who took over the European portion of the Ottoman Empire and based himself in Edirne, crushed the uprising. In this version, while Constantine and Thrusian gained really nothing and had to retreat back to the royal courts who were hosting them after this failure, the countries which supported them, Hungary, Serbia, and Wallachia, did make some territorial gains at the expense of the Ottomans. Specifically, Wallachia retained control of Dobruja, and Stefan Lazarevich's Serbia gained some territory along their border. Now, I have my doubts about this account, mostly because it just seems strange that Suleiman could have mustered the forces to repel two separate invasions backed by several hostile powers, along with an internal uprising, in such a short time, while having to kind of worry about his brothers in Anatolia. So remember, you know, th these are the early years of the Ottoman Civil War, and it's not like Suleiman had just tons of time and resources to go off and deal with this. It just seems kind of mysteriously quick and easy on his part. Now, the next possible sequence of events has the uprising beginning a bit later, probably in 1408, and marked with a similar initial success. The claim here is that Constantine and Frusian succeeded in basically restoring a new Bulgarian state between the Danube and Balkan mountains. And this apparently lasted until 1413, when another of Bayezid's sons, Musa Celebi, managed to ally himself with Wallachia and later Stefan Lazarevich, and thereby crush the restored Bulgarian state. Now this seems more plausible, and we'll kind of get into that as we discuss the details of the full Ottoman Civil War and introduce who Musa is and how this moment came to be. But you know, overall, it just seems a bit more plausible, mostly because in this case, the Ottomans decide to tackle the Bulgarians when it's convenient to them, and that this conquest of the new Bulgarian state was only conducted once it was stripped of its powerful external allies. So all in all, this makes a bit more sense, but in either case, we do learn a few things. First, that the Bulgarian population was ready to rise up against the Ottomans. This points to ongoing dissatisfaction with Ottoman rule, which is hardly surprising. I mean, Bulgaria at this point had been independent extremely recently, within everyone's lifetime. But this also shows just how powerful the Ottomans were. Even in their weakened state following the disastrous defeat at the Battle of Ankara and in the midst of a civil war, and even when a restored Bulgaria was backed by these powerful allies, it was still crushed relatively easily. Now, I'm going to quote John Fine at length to explain this a little bit further. Quote, It cannot be stressed too much that though the Ottomans were involved in a civil war, they, represented by Suleiman, still firmly held their European provinces. 
There was no way for the Balkan people under Ottoman rule to rise up successfully against the Ottomans. The Ottomans controlled the cities and kept garrisons in them. The Spahis, their feudal cavalry, remained inside the provinces, holding feudal estates that collectively included a large portion of the agricultural land and villages. Thus, the Ottoman structure was hardly altered by Ankara and the civil strife that followed. Furthermore, the forces of Suleiman alone were not only sufficient to put down an uprising, but also larger and stronger than the armies of any of his independent neighbors, be it Byzantium or Serbia. What would have helped the Balkan Christians would have been a split within the Ottoman Empire's forces in Europe. However, at first, this did not happen. The European provinces remained united under Suleiman. Furthermore, in the first years, there was no fighting between the brothers in Europe itself, which might have weakened Suleiman's position there. The only hope, then, would have been for all the Christian neighbors to form a coalition and march against Ottoman Europe. But this was not to happen. End quote. Now, that was a long quote, but I think it does an excellent job explaining just why the Ottoman position in Europe seems to have hardly changed in response to the Civil War, why a Bulgarian uprising really went nowhere. So, it's worth noting that the two remaining sons of Bulgaria's royal family both did survive the uprising, leaving open the possibility of more attempts to restore a Bulgarian state in the future. Now, while the Bulgarian uprising was going on, the Battle of Dobor in 1408 saw Sigismund win a decisive victory over the Bosnian nobility. Remember I mentioned from 1404, uh, Sigismund was invading Bosnia every year, but it was, you know, the Bosnian terrain is very mountainous. It's a bit hard to get in there. Uh, it really favors the defenders, but the Battle of Dobor saw Sigismund make a lot of progress. That same year, Sigismund also founded the Order of the Dragon, which had the aim of defending the Hungarian royal family from all of its enemies. Fun side note, Vlad the Impaler's nickname of Dracula derives from his membership of this organization. Isn't history fun? Anyways, Sigismund went to war with the other Bosnian rivals again in 1410, and this resulted in all of Bosnia finally coming under either direct Hungarian control or becoming a Hungarian vassal. So now that we've explored just kind of how the Serbians and Hungarians and Bosnians and Wallachians and everyone responded to the Ottoman Civil War, let's dive into the Ottoman Civil War itself. Now, we need to begin by recapping where all the players are at the beginning. First, there's Suleiman, based in Edirne, and controlling the European portion of the Ottoman Empire. Then there's Mehmet, who's based in the old capital of Bursa and controlling Anatolia. Also, remember, he's the son that Timur decided that, should he, that he should be Sultan after capturing their father. But I don't think anyone really cares what Timur has to say because he's probably dead in China by now. Then there's Isa, based in central Anatolia, and finally Musa, who had decided to support Mehmet. So early on in 1403, Suleiman signed an extremely generous treaty with the Byzantines, likely to ensure that they would well, keep quiet or at least be on his side in the Civil War. This treaty ended Byzantine vassalage, so no more tribute, no more military service. But it also gave more favorable trade terms, returned prisoners, and actually gave back significant territory, including Thessalonica, 
some of the Black Sea up to Nisambria, modern Nisever, and some Aegean islands. The result was that, more than simply staying out of the civil war, the Byzantines became allies of Suleiman. So while this treaty could have been considered almost shockingly generous, it seems like the terms actually did pay off for Suleiman. Now, he also seems to have signed an agreement with Stefan Lazarevich, freeing Stefan of his vassal obligations, which Stefan had rejected and abandoned anyways, and recognizing his control over the territory that he dominated at the time. Now, taking all this as a whole, the agreements with the Ottoman Empire's neighbors and its domination of European territories meant that, as John Fine puts it, the question of the Ottoman Civil War was not whether the Ottoman Empire would continue to exist, but simply which of Bayezid's sons would rule it. In fact, quite ironically, the Civil War ultimately weakened many of the Balkan peoples as they allied with one side or another of the Civil War, and in doing so lost many of their troops. While the Ottomans, on the other hand, weren't weakened nearly as much, they, and in any case they kind of had more soldiers to lose in the beginning. So we've seen this time and time again. When the Ottomans have fought external enemies, the Ottomans have kind of deep reserves and don't have much of an issue bringing up more soldiers. This is probably in part because of, well, we know their recruitment of soldiers in Europe, they're getting vassal agreements with lots of people, but also that, remember, the Ottomans control Anatolia. And we've talked time and time again about how for the Byzantine Empire, Anatolia was the heartland where you could just you got so much food, you got so much sol- so many soldiers, it's where they really fed their armies. And once the Byzantine Empire lost Anatolia, it was really hard for them to recover because they simply didn't have the soldiers themselves anymore. Well, now the Ottoman Empire has much of Anatolia, and it shows in their ability to consistently bring forward new armies when they take losses. Now, also in 1403, the earliest stages of the Civil War were underway between Mehmet and Issa from their respective bases in central Anatolia, in Bursa and a place in kind of western Anatolia. The brothers fought two battles in the spring of that year, which resulted in a total victory for Mehmet, who subsequently dominated all of Anatolia. Issa, for his part, fled to Constantinople and eventually to his brother Suleiman. Now shortly after, he returned to Anatolia with new troops provided by Suleiman and laid siege to Bursa, his brother Mehmet's capital at the time. Now this siege failed, but with his new soldiers and alliances, along with several Anatolian beyliks coming to his aid, Issa did manage to fight on. But not for too long. Eventually, defeats and several internal betrayals led Issa to give up the fight and to hide himself somewhere. But by 1406, he was discovered and assassinated on Mehmet's orders. This left three brothers, Suleiman, who dominated Europe, Mehmet, who dominated Anatolia, and Musa, who was still allied with Mehmet. Still, by this point in the Civil War, things were at a bit of a stalemate, as neither side had the forces necessary to conquer the other. But in spite of this, both sides went on the offensive in 1407. Suleiman crossed the Bosphorus and conquered Bursa. But at the same time, Mehmet went on the offensive by sending Musa, his ally and brother, to Europe via the Black Sea to form an alliance with Merkea of Wallachia against Suleiman. The idea was that Suleiman would be forced to fight on two fronts as Mehmet attacked from Anatolia and Musa attacked from the north. Now, 
This is a strategy we saw the Byzantines try many times against Bulgaria. March an army up from Thrace, while another army lands uh, on the northern part of the Danube and comes in from the south, from the north, rather. Now, this strategy did work initially, as Suleiman had to leave Anatolia to combat Musa. In his absence, Mehmet retook Bursa. Now, two years later, in 1409, Suleiman was still working to crush Musa in Europe, and possibly crush the Bulgarian uprising, we don't know. Then, just as the Wallachians had, Stefan Lazarevich decided to support Musa, in spite of the generous terms he had been given by Suleiman. Around this time, Suleiman traveled to Constantinople to ensure that at least that alliance was still going to hold. Clearly, the Balkan states saw that it made sense to ally with the Anatolian elements of the Ottoman Empire against Suleiman in Europe, as this increased the likelihood that they would be able to hold on to their gains that they were making as a result of the Civil War. In response to Stefan's betrayal, Suleiman allied with his younger brother Vuk, who felt that Stefan, his brother, had not been treating him well. Vuk took many Serbian nobles and headed off to fight with Suleiman. Now, this whole situation quickly devolved into a Serbian proxy war, with Sigismund of Hungary supporting Stefan and Suleiman supporting Vuk, as the two fought it over in Serbia. Things were looking really increasingly bad for Suleiman at this point. By 1410, Musa, Stefan, and Merkea were winning in Europe. They eventually met Suleiman's forces along with his Byzantine allies in front of the walls of Constantinople on June 15th, my birthday for what it's worth. Always fun to have that. And in, in the ensuing Battle of Kosmidion, Vuk and some of the other vassals of Musa deserted to join Suleiman. Now, why Vuk would do this, I don't really know. It seems a bit odd that his side was winning and I don't know what he was going to get by joining Suleiman, but we can presume he had his concerns and that uh, he was worried he wasn't going to win the war against his brother Stefan and saw this as a chance to cut his losses. But the result was an unexpected victory for Suleiman, who had been on his back foot for quite a while. Musa fled his losses and went into the mountains. None of my sources were specific which mountains, but I'm guessing either the Balkan or Rodopi mountains to kind of fight a guerrilla war against Suleiman. In the process, they also captured Vuk as he was rushing back to Serbia to kind of try to take over his brother's lands. Vuk, for his betrayal, was executed. As a result, Serbia was now wholly unified under Stefan. But more importantly, at this moment, Suleiman had the advantage. However, instead of rushing out to finish Musa and ultimately Mehmet, it appears that Suleiman, to quote John Fine, quote, fell into lethargy and debauchery. So I guess Suleiman cared more about having a good time and taking naps than actually going on the offensive. And so this gave Musa time to rebuild his forces and pull allies away from Suleiman towards his cause. Now, just what Mehmet was up to in Anatolia during these years isn't that clear. You know, he didn't have any rivals in Anatolia, why he wasn't invading Europe to assist Musa, I don't know. But with his regained strength, in 1411, Musa managed to capture Suleiman near Edirne and had him strangled. Now only two brothers remained, and what had been increasingly clear now became crystal. Musa was really no longer fighting as an ally of Mehmet, but instead with the aim of becoming sole sultan himself. 
Thus, the Civil War returned to a situation where two brothers were fighting for supremacy, one in Europe, one in Anatolia. But first, Musa was determined to punish the Christian states that had turned against him, Serbia and the Byzantines. He first attacked Stefan in Serbia. Stefan responded by further bolstering his alliance with Hungary and making all of his lands, not just some in the north, Hungarian vassals. He also laid siege to Thessalonica and Constantinople, but all three of these offenses failed. But it was another example of Hungary gaining at the expense of everyone else during this Ottoman Civil War. Hungary made huge gains in Bosnia, now they had all of Serbia as their vassals. The Byzantines, for their part, reacted to the loss of their kind of candidate for the Ottoman throne and the attack on their capital by supporting Suleiman's son, Orkan. But unfortunately, this boy was quickly betrayed by Musa and executed, so that went nowhere. Now, the emperor was forced to turn to his last remaining ally against Musa, his brother Mehmet in Anatolia. The Byzantines ferried Mehmet's forces into Europe from Anatolia only for them to lose their first battle against Musa in 1412. But in the meantime, Serbia was also resolving some of its internal conflicts and uniting to fight Musa as well. It seemed that whoever controlled the European portion of the Ottoman Empire was always going to face this problem, wherein all their neighbors would support their Anatolian rival. This had defeated Suleiman, now it remained to be seen whether Musa could survive it. By 1413, a final battle was in the works. On one side was Hungary, Serbia, Wallachia, the Byzantines, and Mehmet's Anatolian forces. On the other side was Musa. Even though some of Musa's vassals were deserting, when the two forces met at Charmlu, near the modern Bulgarian town of Samokov, south of Sofia, the battle went well for Musa initially. He seemed to be quite outnumbered, he had no real allies, but still, he was winning in the early hours. But further desertions and his smaller comparable numbers eventually led to his defeat. Musa fled the battlefield, was captured, and strangled. Now, ten years after the Ottoman Civil War had begun, it was over. Mehmet was now the undisputed sultan after seeing the death of all of his brothers. Or almost all. Now, you probably forgot, but when Bayezid was captured, he was captured with one of his sons, Mustafa. Now, Mustafa had been laying low in Anatolia during the Civil War, really just ignoring everything happening, but now that it was over, he re-emerged and demanded that his brother share power with him. Now, big shock here, the man who just spent 10 years fighting to control the Ottoman Empire wasn't about to just share it with his brother who climbed out from under a rock somewhere. And so, a new, much smaller civil war began, with Mustafa enjoying the backing of the Byzantine Empire and Mirkea of Wallachia, and some of the Turkish bays in Anatolia, against his brother. But in spite of this backing, Mustafa was quickly defeated in battle, took refuge in Byzantine Thessalonica, before being exiled to the island of Lemnos. Seeing as defeating his brother was fairly easy, at the same time, Mehmet invaded Bosnia in 1414 with 30,000 troops, and in doing so, proclaimed Tvrtol II as king of Bosnia in order to provoke a civil war with the portions controlled by the Hungarians. But 
the Ottomans really didn't kind of carry through on this. Uh, you know, it was a big initial invasion, but they ended up just raiding Bosnia and left everyone there to figure it out as they went home. By the next year, Sigismund sent soldiers to enforce his side of the civil war. His soldiers met the Ottoman troops from the governor of Skopje, and the Hungarians were soundly defeated. Many Hungarian soldiers and nobles were taken prisoner. Now, quick fun random story from this. There was a Hungarian noble who used to make fun of this Bosnian noble by making bull sounds whenever the man entered the room. Well, they ended up on opposite sides of this particular battle, and when the Hungarian noble was captured, the Bosnian noble had him sewn into an ox hide and thrown into a river. I, I really tend to find that humor was a much more subtle art in the Middle Ages, don't you? Anyways, this Hungarian loss really ended significant Hungarian influence in Bosnia that they had been building up over the last 10 years of the Ottoman Civil War. So the Hungarians are sort of carefully building up 10 years, winning battles against the Bosnians, extending their influence, and then boom, just like that, they lose this battle and they're done. Though, oddly enough, with this victory, the Ottomans also stopped supporting their candidate for the King of Bosnia. Not really sure why. Um, I guess my best guess is they kind of felt that they could exert plenty of influence over Bosnia without needing to support a claimant for the throne, a throne that they probably didn't want to exist anymore. But that's how it turned out. So for the next two decades, the Ottomans were going to gradually exert more and more influence in Bosnia by getting involved in its internal conflicts, with the Hungarians largely out of the picture. Now, it's also worth mentioning at this moment that in spite of their hostility towards him at various moments, the Ottomans and Mehmet quickly got themselves back on good terms with Stefan Lazarevich and the Byzantines quite early in his reign. Now that the empire was calm again, Mehmet had spent some time getting things back in order, particularly considering the fact that there was now a religious movement which was sort of bubbling up in the Ottoman Empire and which was really, really, really against the Sultan. So next time, we're going to really see what happens now that the Ottomans have resolved their internal conflicts. Is this internal religious order going to significantly disrupt things? Is the Ottoman Empire going to go back on the offensive again? Are they going to attack in the east, to the north, to the south? We don't know. But check back in in a few weeks and you'll hear the story. So, as always, this episode was written and produced by me, Eric Halsey. Theme music was written and performed by Teddy Raven. As always, uspeh, or in English, good luck.